0: Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone, and Merry Christmas to each one of you. Before I begin, I want to acknowledge my particular debt in this sermon to uh, Martin Luther's Christmas sermons which I've been reading in this season. Uh, I have not plagiarized him, but those sermons have certainly had a great influence on this one. And I think that's a good thing. So, Each year at Christmas, we hear again the great announcement of the angel to the shepherds from Luke 2. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This is the message of Christmas. And though it had been foretold through the prophets and to Mary herself, now the angels can announce for the first time that the birth of Christ has finally come about. The angels themselves cannot contain their joy. They throng about, filling the sky and singing, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is the great announcement of Christmas, and it echoes throughout the readings, the songs, and the prayers uh, of the church in Christmastide in many voices. And in many ways, we have heard it again in our readings this morning. Our epistle, our epistle from Galatians says, when the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. And our gospel this morning from John chapter one puts it this way. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And just as it was to the shepherds on that first night, it is still a very great and bewildering announcement for us today. It is the announcement that God has been born as a helpless baby, that God himself has become a human being. It is the astonishing image of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Moses and Elijah, now lying in a cattle trough. How can this be? What are we to make of this? This Christmas announcement is found in the second article of the Christian creed, that God's own eternal son has been born of a woman. It is the announcement that the son of God, as the creed calls him, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the father. This very son of God is the same one who came down from heaven and who by the power of the Holy Spirit became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. All this is contained in the angel's proclamation to the shepherds. It is an announcement that baffles our human reason. It breaks onto our world with utter incredulity. On our own, we can make no sense of it. How can a human baby also be God? How can one person be both God and man? And yet all our Christian faith rests on this claim. This is what separates us Christians from everyone else. We are the ones who believe this astonishing announcement. The Christian writer John Andrew Bryant Says that when people ask him what he believes, he likes to say, All the dumb stuff. I like that. He writes, That's what I tell them. All the dumb stuff. Death, resurrection, the forgiveness of sins. He goes on, It's the dumb stuff that is still beautiful to me. The dumb stuff is still what matters to me. It is the dumb stuff that has made the difference the folly of the cross, the only thing I've been changed by. End quote. To the worldly mind, to, as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians, the philosopher of this age, this message of Christmas is dumb. It is foolish. But, Paul says, to those whom God has called, It is Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. The weakness of God, revealed in this tiny, helpless, vulnerable baby, lying in a manger, is stronger than human strength. And so we are invited to believe and confess this great announcement of Christmas. And to join the angels in their heavenly song. Glory to God in the highest. But to believe and confess this message, to sing it in praise to God, as we do each year in the hymns and carols of the season, as we've already been doing this morning, is more than to simply mentally assent to its truth. It is more than simply to agree in our minds that Jesus was indeed born of the Virgin Mary as God incarnate. After all, even the demons believe that. No. To believe and confess the Christmas message is to have the audacity to believe that this great and glorious announcement is for you. As Martin Luther says, to simply believe that Christ is born of the Virgin would not be enough, unless, he writes, there were added to it the faith that he was born for you. After all, that is what the message itself says. The angel doesn't announce the birth of Jesus in an abstracted or intellectual way. He's not just letting the shepherds in on uh, the doings of greater and more important people somewhere else. No, he says, unto you is born this day a savior. And he invites them not just to wonder at this or to ponder it. He invites them to leave what they're doing and to go and find this child themselves and to give him their adoration and worship. In other words, these simple shepherds are themselves the recipients of this great gift. The announcement is for them. The creed says the same. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. This is the announcement we are invited to believe, not only that Jesus came down from heaven and became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man, but that this was all for us and for our salvation. This baby has not been born only for some other people long ago, not only for Peter and Paul or the great saints in church history, No, this baby was born for you today, this Christmas. Here's how the Apostle John puts it in our gospel reading today. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The word John is saying did not become flesh to make some kind of cosmic point to announce who God is in some abstract philosophical way. The word became flesh for us. The word became flesh so that we might become, as John says, children of God. Our epistle reading this morning from Galatians makes the same point. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. God's son was born of a woman, so that we might become sons of God. Both the Apostle John and the Apostle Paul are drawing on the same image to illustrate what happens at Christmas. At Christmas, God makes a way for us to be his own children, For John, this is the great effect of the incarnation. Not everyone accepts the angel's announcement. John says in uh, John 1 verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. To many, this message will appear foolish. We might say dumb. But those who do receive the angel's announcement are called God's own children. Children born, he says, not of natural descent or a husband's will, but born of God. They are made God's children, not because any human being decided they would be, but through God's own gracious will. For the Apostle Paul in Galatians 3 and 4, the same truth is shown in relationship to the Old Testament law. Before Christ came, Paul says, we had only the law. And while the law can lead us to Christ and teach us God's ways, it cannot save us. Only Christ can do that. But now that Christ has been born, we can be saved through faith in him. Before, Paul says, we were like slaves, held under the custody of the law until faith was revealed. Now, Because Christ has come down among us and fulfilled the law, we can be adopted as God's true daughters and sons. This is what is sometimes called the great exchange. In the incarnation, God himself becomes a human being so that we human beings might become like God. He takes all our sin and death upon himself and gives to us instead all his wondrous life. He becomes a tiny, helpless child so that, being united to that holy child, we too might become the children of God. We are children who have inherited a great estate It is all ours. The mansion, the stables, the gardens, the grounds, which stretch on for miles and miles, all of it is ours. Not because we worked hard to earn it. Not because we saved up for years to be able to afford it. We could never have saved up enough to afford it. Not if we worked our entire lives long we could not have come even close to affording it. <coughs> Excuse me. But it is ours now because its owner has adopted us as his children. He has taken our debts on himself and paid them in full. And he has made us his own children and heirs of everything he has In his Christmas Day sermon in 1530, Martin Luther said this. If there is any other thing that saves me, then I can rightly call it my savior. If the sun, moon, and stars save, I can call them saviors. If St. Bartholomew or St. Anthony or a pilgrimage to St. James or good works save, then surely they are my savior. If St. Francis Then he is my savior. But then, what is left of the honor of the child who was born this day, whom the angel calls Lord and Savior? End quote. If politics can save you, call it your savior. If self help books can save you, call them your savior. If money, or comfort can save you by all means, bow down before them. But the angel says that Jesus is our savior. If that's true, then as Luther says, what is left of the honor of the child who was born this day? What's the point of Christmas? If those other things can save us, if it is true that Jesus is our Savior, and it is. Then all other saviors are vain. Let them go. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This great announcement of Christmas is indeed too wonderful for us. And yet it hangs in the air at Christmas time. Here it is. Here is your Savior. Like the shepherds, we are astonished to find that this wonderful announcement is for us. And like the shepherds, we are invited to leave what we're doing and to come and worship him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.